0: And we're ready to go, and you know what, I have a real quick introduction tonight, so we'll go right into the text. The introduction is this, we're in Second Samuel chapter 5, we did the first five verses last week at the end, but we're, uh, we're going to start with that, because that's where David becomes king. Everything really changes, and it changes quickly, rapidly. David gets his own place, <laughs> you know, that could have been a title there. Uh, <laughs> The place has been known as Jebus, and um, the Jebusites are the ones who live there, at least at this point in time. It's the the city that becomes Jerusalem, or Zion, or the city of David. And uh, it becomes really the dwelling place of God, as the Ark of the Covenant will be brought to that city very shortly in our study. Solomon will later build the temple there in uh, Jerusalem. So, this text here is really climactic uh, for David. It's instructive for us, but it's nice to see finally, after all these years, he has his own place. He doesn't have to hide out in caves. Anyway, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, great God, you are mighty, you are true to us, and you are true always. The eternal God, the eternal Word is what we look at again tonight, and may we be able to see how you work in David's life, and how we see the very picture of Christ that's being illustrated here through David, the mighty valiant warrior, the mighty valiant king and uh, we thank you for this story because we can learn much from it as we see your character in David. And uh, we see your victory that is done, your purpose and your plan is being carried out at, this, at the right time, at the right place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. First five verses, we'll kind of go through that pretty quick. Um. Uh, We'll just read it. All tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron, and said, "Behold, we are your bone and your flesh." Previously, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out. And the Lord said to you, "You will shepherd my people Israel, and you'll be a ruler over Israel." So all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them before the Lord at Hebron. Then they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he became king, and he reigned forty years. At Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. So that last part of that last verse there, verse 5, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. That's basically starting right here in chapter 5 where it's uh, his home and uh, where the, actually I guess you can say the throne is going to be in Jerusalem. So, once we uh, recognize that the people are the initiators here of David becoming king, we have to think they were the ones who initiated about Saul becoming king. They wanted a king. And they didn't really want Samuel. And so, uh, they wanted a king who would lead them into war and get them victory. We know about that. We really... um, have to grasp this, that they have submission here in this chapter to, uh, to David as God's king. Whereas before, they didn't have submission to God. They demand a king, and uh, Saul is given to them, and uh, you know they want a deliverer like Samson and not Samuel of hell. I
1: thought it was interesting that David was 30 years old when he became king. You know, and I'm like looking at, you know, our society today and how people kind of like, when we hit that 30 mark, a lot of people just kind of feel like they're going down. And David's here and he's just going up. <laughs> no,
2: they're just going up at
1: 30. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just like, <laughs> well, he hit, no. he's king at 30 and, you know, he's he's like my age when he was going through all that stuff with Saul coming after him. And all that time running. And, what age do you have to be to be president?
0: I think it's 40 or something. John F. Kennedy was president. I think he was the youngest president that we had, and I think he was maybe 42 whenever yeah. he was elected.
1: Okay.
0: Most presidents are pretty old. you can't be
2: president at 30. Yeah. No, I just found that
1: really be interesting.
0: King. Because, like, you <laughs> be know, King. like no, no, he talks about being 32 and how he feels like he's... Feels like he's old? Yeah, he, does. Oh, he, yeah, needs, he, needs he needs to he talk about, to some old people. You know, and I'm like...
1: You're not washed I up. This is the beginning, man. do not make it seem like a big deal. And, um, you know, here David is, king, running for 10 years, you know, from his 20s to his 30s. You know, that's a... 35.
2: 35.
1: At least i 35
2: years old. That's a...
1: That's an interesting, you know, kind of youth there, you know, run, on the run for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, 10 to maybe
0: even like 15 possibly. Makes me me
1: feel like my rise is coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the way to look at it. Well, when did Jesus start
0: His ministry? He was 30. 30. Uh, And we're always told though that whenever we were kids and teenagers and in the 20s, don't trust anyone over 30. (laughs) And when you got 30, you're going, wow, this is a young age. Uh Yeah. <laughs> well
2: and I just like to point out um, the guy of Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel Sanders. Seventy one when he started that. No, there you go. Years wow. old. There you go.
1: And go, go. He became Colonel
2: Sanders, of Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's uh, still hope for me. Okay? I'm nice. Minimum right. <laughs> age is thirty five. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good, yeah, so yeah, huh. Well, How was how long and how old was Saul he was young, too, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, but he was
1: a fairly young man. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how long he reigned? I'm not sure. It was uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure
2: it's in the is. king somewhere. Probably. Okay. I don't know how long they lived in disobedience to one of the <laughs> They got grants answer. whatever.
0: All right, well, we have definitely a submission of the people here to David. This is a really a distinct change. They've come a long way since they first wanted somebody like Saul. And even though God is the one that picked out Saul at the same time, that's really kind of what they were after. You know, they were really wanting to uh, win the wars, which is a good idea, but um, they were just, uh, it was in fear really is what their deal was. Anyway, they were kind of rebelling against God because it was like a slap in the face to Samuel and God because they wanted another king there. But not here. You see quite the uh, opposite. Yes, they do want a king. But they know that David is one who is picked out by God. And I think they are exposing the fact that they have changed. And they have obedience, you know. And they're going to get the king now that they, guess what? Deserve. You know, sometimes you can get the king that you deserve and it's because you've been disobedient. A nation's been very disobedient. God gives them the leader that they deserve. But he also blesses them with a leader that is a godly man. Uh, And it usually indicates what kind of a people they've been overall. So that is one way to look at that. They are uh, acknowledging their unity with David here. They have a common father. It's Jacob. And so they want to get a unity. They haven't had unity, have they? They had David in Judah. And then the rest of the tribes, which is called Israel... And so there's the difference. And they were underneath Saul. And then later you have the um, what's his name? Uh, ends with a chef. uh not not Mephibosheth, but the other one, <laughs> Ishbosheth. <laughs> and and so and that went on for actually it was seven years. David had been king over just Judah, but the last two years was quite a division there. And so now we know that the commander, uh, which is Abner, he's now dead. Um, Ishbosheth has been killed. There is nobody else really to take leadership over Israel. And now they acknowledge that we uh, are, need to be one. And that's what David is going to do. He's going to make a divided nation into a unified nation. And that's key, isn't it? Uh, so that's uh, that's that's key to David's leadership of this whole nation. He needs to bring them together, and that's exactly what's going to happen. But you know what? That's not going to last very long. Because shortly after him, you have Solomon, you have a time of peace, but after that, you have the division of... The nation of Israel and never to be one again until the two sticks, like it said in Ezekiel, will come together again as one. So they acknowledge that they need unity, and uh, this is a king that they recognize that he goes out before them to fight their battles. He had done that, like in verse two, or like in verse one. It's, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. Right? We are one. We're the same. Previously, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and in. They recognized that, uh, starting with uh, Goliath, he went to fight for them, didn't he? And he had fought uh, many times when Saul really didn't fight for them. So that's really key, and they recognize these things, and that's very important. Uh, David actually did what they sought in the first place. And that's whenever he was very, very young. And this is all done in the context of a covenant. And it says, uh, you were the one who led Israel out and in, and the Lord said to you, the Lord said to you, Yahweh said to you, you will shepherd My people Israel. So they knew that. They knew that David was going to be their king. It says, and you will be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron and King David made a covenant with them before the Lord, Yahweh, at Hebron. And they anointed him. So it's in the context of that, and I think what you see here is obedience. You see faith. Israel has done quite the turnaround. I think there had to be repentance involved here. And so now you're going to have a reign of righteousness.
2: Where did it come from? What, what's that? The repentance.
0: Well, I think what they probably saw was here, they had to be thinking what David, who he is. Uh, they had to think of, they, are ne- they themselves are without a leader. And I have to think they have to look at the, the reign of Saul, actually, it was kind of sad. It didn't take them anywhere. And
2: they don't have a priest, they don't have any writings, probably. they have nothing.
0: They're without the leadership of God, aren't they? And so I think that is really key to look at. You know, And I think they realize that as they come to David, and we even see repentance there and a covenant and it's before the Lord. And as you see the Lord being top notch here, I mean, He's right at the top finally. I don't think He's been that way to them, has He? They've been kind of lost out there. And so now it's they're realizing this is God's man anyway. That's who God chose. And I think they're realizing we are the people of God. We're the nation of Israel and we, we're under one and, and we're your bone and flesh and you've got to go back to the, the fathers and Abraham and such. So this is definitely, I think, uh, uh, repentance has to bring on obedience, doesn't it? Covenant. So... Speaks of a, a turnaround, even though, it, well, it doesn't say that here. I think you can see that the elders are coming, I think, humbly before him and saying, You are the king. You're the one that can put us all together again. Uh, they recognized his leadership in the past and they know all along. And they, they submit. They submit. This is God's choice. Uh, so that takes us to the second part. And we're at verse 6. And uh, Avail, could you take a 6 through 10?
1: Yes, sir. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. Though they thought David could not get in there. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. On that day David said, Anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they said the blind and lame will not enter the palace. David then took up the residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the surrounding terror arcs. Inward. What is it? What is it? Inward. Terror Inward, I don't know. And he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Okay. Terror
0: you know what? This is big time history here. This is huge. This is Jerusalem, folks. The holy city. And we know that from there on out, and it's already had a history, and we're going to search through that for a little bit here. The story of the city of Jerusalem, it's a a long one. Jerusalem... um, was until that time that David captured it. Was known as Jebus. At least at this time, uh, the inhabitants there are known as Jebusites. They haven't been there forever, uh, but they're first named in Genesis 10. They go way back, all the way back to chapter 10, verse 15 and 16. And this is where you get the descendants of Noah. Canaan became the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite, and the Amorite, and the Girgashite, and the Hivite, and the Archite, and the Sidonite. And the Arvite, and the Semite, and the Hamorite, and afterward the families of the Canaanites were spread abroad. So do you see that? This is Canaan. Canaan. and so this is direct descendants of Noah and his sons to repopulate. And guess who's listed there? Right there we see these Jebusites there. Um, and so that's fascinating. Very fascinating. They're the very first ones listed there. Canaan King, became the father of Sidon, his firstborn in Heth, and the Jebusite. So um, let's keep on going. In Second Chronicles... Chapter 3, verse 1, and we'll kind of trace through this rather quickly, just a little bit of history. 3 1 says, Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. So, Mount Moriah, Jebusites, Jerusalem. Um, It's going to add up here. Go back to Genesis 15 now. We were in 10 while ago. Genesis 15, verse 18. Abraham Abraham gets a covenant from God here. It says in verse eighteen, on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenite and the Kenazite and the Cadmonite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Rephaim, the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Girgashite and the Jebusite. Jebusite. So there we have descendants of. Abram there's a covenant and you know it's going to extend on out so the Jebusites have been around for a long time go to Exodus 3 verse 8 and it says so I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and bring them from the land to a good and spacious land to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. They're in here a lot, aren't they? Chapter 3, verse 17, again in a list here or in this verse. So I said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of the Egypt to the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite to a land flowing with milk and honey. So when Israel went into the promised land, they went into the land of these people that lived there, God prophesized this way back like in the very early days and but he's telling them this is going to happen. You're going to go there. And that's what that's going to be the people that are going to be there that you're really going to have to defeat. <laughs> Numbers 13.29 Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites. And Amorites living in the hill country and the Canaanites. Anyway, there again you have the Jebusites. This is during the time of Numbers. This is whenever the spies checked over the land. And two of them said, let's go for it. And the rest of them said, no, no way. There's giants in the land. We'll never be able to overtake them. And God said, okay, 40 years. You'll have to wait. Anyway, um, the Jebusites are quite popular in the Bible, aren't they? Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 17. Still going back to the law there. Going back and forth, I guess we are. 17, but you shall utterly destroy them, the Hittite, and the Amorite, the Canaanite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, as to the Lord your God has commanded you. There he tells them, you destroy them, take them out. With his power, they could do it. Joshua 15, 63, now we start getting into the area where we have been kind of lately in the last year. think last year we started sometime, probably a little bit before this, when we were in Joshua, right? 1563. Now as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the sons of Judah could not drive them out. So the Jebusites lived with the sons of Judah at Jerusalem until this day writing of Joshua there. So that tells us a lot. They just couldn't drive them out. With God's power, they could have. So what does it say? I think this tells us a lot. They just lived with them. Uh, I think what happens there is a lot of the Jebusites rub off on the Israelites. And they become comfortable. And that's the way it often is when we come... I guess, shoulder to shoulder with the world and its ways. And all of a sudden it just kind of becomes old hat and it's it's okay. It's alright. And uh, this is why God wanted them to be removed. Well, they couldn't take them out, they said, so there they are. Uh, up until this time, all the way till the time of David. So J- J- you have Joshua, then you have Judges. I mean, we're talking... Four hundred years till the time of David here, that they were kinda of with these guys if they were hanging around Jerusalem area and it really wasn't their land, even though they had driven out most of the people from there, but not that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Their taunt here doesn't seem that like ferocious. The Jebusites, the way they like taunt at David. I mean it kind of is, but you know, You will not be able to get in here. Even the blind and lame can ward you off. When like, I go reading through it and one king is threatening another king, you know, for their land and territory, they have a lot to say. You know, there's a whole letter of stuff that they have to say. A lot of
2: trash talk. Yeah, but these guys are just like
1: you're going to get in here like, well, our lame and blind can beat you up where we're going.
0: Yeah. Well, word. they took it really lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has been able to ever beat them.
1: Exactly.
0: You know why? why? Because of the location. It's yeah. like a fortress there. Yeah. You have uh, up on a mount, you have valleys, it's hard to get to, up, almost total surround. Now, up in the north, there was an area that could could do that. But David's gonna be the one that's going to do it. But yeah, they're saying huh. you're not gonna take. We can no, we take our weakest sure. out there, and you couldn't even beat them. You yeah, know. I mean, yeah. and then no, the falls appear.
1: Know. This is uh, this is why they say the blind and lame will not enter the palace, because the Jebusites were still around even after David conquered the place, right? Like he didn't wipe them all out, I and mean, like because they say it. they slaughtered them like they do most of the people that they go and conquer.
0: Well, they, had, uh, they definitely have a, um, a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, uh, I, I think, you, what you have there is a battle that is going to enrage the Philistines, and they're really going to have to really yeah. fight. Actually, they took it pretty easy comparatively to what anybody else would have thought. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's kind of how it almost sounds. Just reading it makes it sound like that didn't go over so bad. No. You know, like they they came in, they took the land, they took the territory, and it still seems like okay. But, you know, when we read about what they do when they go conquer other people's places, and it says yeah. they slaughtered all the men and the women and the children and the animals and burned the cities down, you know. It just doesn't seem like that here in these
0: verses. Well, this territory here too, it's like a wedge. You have a wedge between Judah and Benjamin. Jerusalem is right in the middle there. And it would be really nice to have that, wouldn't it? And David could move his uh, palace and everything right on up and a little further north, you know, Ben in Hebron. Well, Benjamin had a little bit of it, but because, look in Joshua 18. Now, I'm not going to read all of these, unless you guys want to read these names for me. <laughs> uh, but, verse 21 says, Now the cities of the tribe of the sons of Benjamin, according to their families, were Jericho and then on down. And then look at the, uh, verse 28, and Zela and Haleph, and the Jebusite, that is, Jerusalem. So, they did kind of have that city, and it's showing that they're living with them, side by side. <clears throat> so that tells us a lot. Look in Judges one i I'm spending a lot of time on this, but I think it's giving us a good history of Jerusalem. We know that Abraham made his first sacrifice, that sacrifice of where he was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, guess where, on that same mount, which happens to be in Jerusalem. Uh, what did I say? Judges 1.21, is that it? Like, uh, th- 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 uh, But the sons of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites who have lived with the sons of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day so I had to rub off on those binge mites. Okay,
2: uh, but that's not what God told, you to right. God told, told him, him to do. Right.
0: He told him to utterly destroy him.
2: Because he didn't want their nasty habits rubbing off on the Israelites.
0: Exactly. Well, I think that
1: have plenty history of having disgustingly bad habits. It was the idol Well, I'm talking about the reason why they almost got wiped
2: out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know that that when David took over, he had to have wiped them out. Even though, like you're saying, I mean, yeah. you get nothing here. It yeah. doesn't say anything about the battle or anything. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, they just and suddenly he's building a temple in there. Temple. Or he's building his house up yeah. there. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about any battle or anything. how no, cut their heads off, or hands off, or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> gruesome, no gruesome details. Oh, gruesome <laughs> details. Detailed. What I the heck? <laughs> <laughs> we, expect, we, expect, here, yeah, we have come to know. Yeah, this is what you yeah, talk about, right? Yeah, this is what we say, when we have and a and battle. The technique.
0: And okay, uh, Judges 19... I'm not going to read the whole chapter here. Verse 10, you have a, Levite's, Levi, a Levite having a concubine, and anyway, I'm not going to tell oh, the story, yeah. but oh, verse gosh. 10, but the man was not willing to spend the night, so he arose and departed and came to a place opposite Jebus, that is, Jerusalem. So, Jebusites, Jebus is Jerusalem. We're getting this defined very clear now. There were with him a pair of saddle donkeys. His concubine also was with him when they were near Jebus. The day was almost gone. And the servant said to his master, Please come and let us turn aside into the city of this Jebusites and spend the night in it. So, there you go. You can see that uh, that was a place where... People were kind of, uh, uh, I, it was not It was kind of a savory kind of city, uh, I guess you could say.
2: And they felt comfortable doing that because they said that was like family.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Only it wasn't. Right. It was Jebusites.
1: You got
0: it.
2: You wow. Got it. I did not know yeah. that.
0: <laughs> now the wow. story is coming together, isn't it? By the way, you know this place was also called Salem. If you go back to the time of Abraham and the offering that he made after he won the battles, you know, with the five or uh, the five cities had been, you know, hit and everything. And of course. Anyway, um, that was an early name of this city was was Salem.
2: So that's where um,
0: Jerusalem or it means Shalom, Solomon. Uh, okay,
2: so that's peace. where. Uh... Oh, peace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> dead, right. He was the uh, priest. The of,
2: priest. Yeah. Of, wow.
0: Like a king okay. priest of so of that. So we
2: always had
0: his eye on that. Come and on. Co- yeah, and of course the, the you know that's where the major sacrifice. That was the the holy place of God's dwelling while the temple was there for all those years.
2: God must be really happy
0: about that old dome with the <laughs> Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> right on his hill.
0: Anyway, um, we'll move on. I have some more verses to get, but you get the idea there. What, What they're going to have to do is attack Jebus, Jerusalem, we can say here. And what that's going to do, that is kind of connected with what is going to happen with the Philistines, um, that we see in chapter, well, the same chapter in verses 17 through 25. The Philistines are going to attack them because David and his people have taken over Jerusalem now. And they've taken on the Jebusites and beat them. So now the Philistines go, we got to go get them before they really start attacking us. And they know David. David knows them. That's even better. He knows their comings out and their comings in. He knows all of the different aspects of who they're all about. So I think that's fascinating. You know, so they're they got uh, all wound
2: up because nobody had ever been able to beat the genocide. Yeah, and now David walks in and beats them
0: uh uh-huh. and it's been a while now since they've been fighting the Philistines, and so they beat the Jebusites, and this is a serious thing. so um you know you have and that's going to be a kind of like a I guess you can- uh, I don't know why would David attack this city though? I mean, I mean really, does he really have to do that?
2: What? He does, doesn't he? Okay, why did he do it, Phil? Why did he pick that? Did pick, he know all this other stuff?
0: What What we've just... History? Oh, I'm sure he does. So? Yeah. He knows that they are to be removed out of there, just like the Philistines or so everybody else. did he else. know he had
2: to do that? Did he know uh, he had to have Jerusalem?
0: They, they have to have Jerusalem.
2: Did he know that though? I mean yeah, I, I think I, so. that was one of the first things I was thinking. Why did he pick that
0: place? Well he knew the Israelites had never been able to deal with them before. He doesn't lose battles. <laughs> he wins all of his battles. And he knows that okay, you've got now think about it, you have Judah here, which is where he's at. They are they are a divided nation. In between them is this Jerusalem area, and the Jebusites are there. Small area, but it's a wedge. The, and for them to totally re- unite here, they need to get them out of there. Yeah, they're kind of right in the middle between the, uh, Judah and Benjamin. Is you have a division.
1: That's one reason. That's one reason. And then maybe they realize that actually this <laughs> needs to happen anyway. I don't like this
2: place. Along by that?
0: Uh, well they they know what's what's going on. Somebody takes over a city like that. That's definitely
1: House, so so, I have a question. They're calling it the city of David before David's captured it. Was it called the city? Of David? Well, I think
0: all within that same time after they captured it's now it's Jebus. They defi- they they went and then it's the city of David. Now, it is uh, on the lower part of what is the, you know, where the Temple Mount is and such, what we know as Jerusalem, you know. But it's still all in that same area. But that one area that they first took initially. Right. That is called the city of David. Now, David doesn't live very far from there. He lives in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. just a few miles. By the way, that's the house of bread. And you remember phone. Ruth and he's Jesse and that family? They all are from that Bethlehem area. Mm-hmm. And the city of David is just in that same area. Right,
1: that's why Christ was a
0: and he's born in Bethlehem, and right. of course David is a a good picture of being the king. Mm-hmm. D- of course, Jesus is the one, but he's called David's son mm-hmm. in in the sense that he, you know, he, Jesus comes from that line. Right. Messiah does. So what do we have here? That's uh, uh, there was a coexistence between the people, and I think David recognizes that. Um, You know, the Jebusites were not at war with Israelites. There were no wars going on. So David, you know, he he attacks. And Saul was reluctant to attack. Remember, he just, you know, all the enemies that Israel had, he tried to stay back. He was willing to live with the people. David knows that's wrong. Jebusites were left alone. You know, if you look at Judges 3, verse 5 and 6, their Israelites were being corrupted by all the neighboring nations there. All the ites, right? So uh, David is not reluctant and it's time for these enemies of God to be defeated. He knows that they are not godly people and so Jebus is going to be the very first step in Israel's conquest uh, as far as David uniting the nation of Israel. And what a way to start a reign uh, being king. To do that, you know I mean he is declared king I mean he's anointed for like the third time now you know and you know it was once with Samuel and then uh, over Judah and now it's over the whole nation and all the people are with him and so this this is a good good time. this is a one of the highlights, I guess you could say high highlights of David uh, as his kingship starts and uh, the victory that happens with this. So the Jebusites had to be dealt with. David knew it. It's time. And uh, he needed a capital city. Uh, he had been king of Judah alone. And now here we are. The capital here is a little bit further north. It's centrally located. It's going to unify the nation. Jebus is a perfect city. And Israel's <laughs> victory there unites the nation. Like I was talking about, you had a border there uh, of Judah and Benjamin. And uh, because of that natural setting, it made it very difficult for anybody to beat them. Now it's going to be very difficult for anybody to beat Jerusalem now. A prime place. There's more than one mountain, all valleys around it. A virtual fortress and I think five, nine... Says, uh, so David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. David built all around from the mill and inward. Um, City of David, you have the Gihon Spring. By the way, um, whenever he took that city because he challenged it. To whoever could go in there was going to be his captain. You guys remember who that's going to be? Joab, who has been a captain, and now he's going to take it all the way. David has a little problem with him though, because he killed, murdered, murdered Abner, didn't he? First uh, Chronicles eleven verse four through eight, or yeah, First Chronicles eleven four through eight. And it's the same, basically where we're at. David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, that is Jebus. And the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, were there. The inhabitants of Jebus said to David, you shall not enter here. Now they don't do the uh, the smack talk here. <laughs> Nevertheless, David captured the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. Now it says David captured it, but here's how he did it. Now David had said, whoever strikes down a Jebusite first shall be chief and commander. Whoever does it. Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first. So he became chief. So he's the main commander. And he will be. Although, I'm sure David's going, oh boy. his cousin? Uh, yeah. Son?
2: Yeah, they're,
0: yeah, they're, yeah, they're related there. Yeah. So David dwelt in the stronghold. Therefore, it was called the city of David. He built the city all around from the millow even to the surrounding area. Joab repaired the rest of the city. So Joab had a lot to do with how that city came about. And as they built it up and made it almost impregnable. David became greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. The Lord's with him. Man, things are really going good. Uh, the city, uh, they got to it through the water tunnel. It goes on down through there and came up through and there we go. And, and David had been angered by what they said. And that even more just heaped it on that much more. So whenever they, whenever they said that they, uh, you know, well, you know, we could defend this with our weakest people. And so David says, "Yeah, right. Uh, all's fair, love and water, right?" I kind of want to see
1: what that looks like. Let's see a
0: picture of it. Yeah, I wished I had one. I know I was trying to think of that too.
1: thing here.
2: Yeah.
0: There is one. Do you have the City of David in your uh, Bibles? Penny's got one. I've got one. Anybody else? It's kind of handy there because it's just, um, it has this, uh, the Gihon Spring there, yeah. Yeah. and then they had that uh, water tunnel, and of course it goes right on into where we would know as Jerusalem, which is later, it's real close to the Kidron Valley that runs north and south. Okay, Um We are right at the end of it. Okay, 11 through 16. uh, And it's interesting, just before you have another war here. Things are going really good, right? Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David with cedar trees and carpenters and stonemasons and they built a house for David. And David realized that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Meanwhile, David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron, and more sons and daughters were born to David. Now these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. Aren't you glad you didn't have to read those? Okay, we get the idea. You have two houses going here. There you go. <laughs> what do we have here? We have two houses. A physical house is built for David from a friend. A nation around them, or a city really, Tyre and Sidon, you know, and they are living on the coast and they offer their services. They're, they're all the uh, the cedar trees that are, are growing farmers? up there, carpenters, stonemasons, everything you need. David gets quite a house. And, you know, quite a piece here between these. They recognize that this is David and, and so they go all out. And, Helping him out. Uh, In in the Abrahamic covenant, the nations who curse Israel will be cursed. The nations who bless Israel will be blessed. Well, they were blessed for a while.
1: Yeah. Doesn't Tyre get a rebuke from Mm -hmm. Isaiah?
0: Tyre and Sidon, Mm -hmm. both of those. Yeah. Because later on, yeah, and. and,
1: Rebel and turn.
0: Yeah. After after this time period they uh definitely would be enemies of God. Okay. But in this case God raised this man up to come along and help yeah. David and their people and it's nice to have some um you know, people that are helping you out. Well,
1: isn't tire the kingdom of isn't that along the
0: coast? It's right on the coast. Yeah. Yeah. Up the, north there.
1: In Isaiah's rebuke it even mentions their like cedars and their carpenters and their like their blessings in their wealth that they got from being on the coast. <laughs> exactly. So
0: they, they had a lot of income uh, coming in there. Yeah, they did. They're willing to do that. to get real proud. Time
1: kind to of get real proud of that. Time mm-hmm. kind to
2: of start thinking they did it all
0: by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the key here is like what you just said there in verse 12. David realized that the yes. Lord had established this, he didn't do it.
1: Yeah, he didn't. He God's
0: using him but it, the Lord builds the house. <laughs> yeah. So you've got a physical house, and you also have the house of David as far as his family. Many wives, many children, meant prosperity to the people who lived in the ancient Orient. And what, it, what David is doing, though, is adding a number of wives. I think he is multiplying wives and in Deuteronomy 17.17 in the law it says this, 17.17, he shall not multiply wives for himself or else his heart will turn away nor shall he greatly increase silver and gold for himself. Be a warning, David. This is about having a when they have a king come over them. If he's a a, you know a good king, God blesses that. But he gives a warning and says uh, he shall not. And what did kings do? You bring in wives, you bring in more family, and that's the royalty. And you get. Conditions and covenants build up with other nations around you so they don't attack you and you help them out, you know, and God doesn't need that. He doesn't need David to do what he's doing. It doesn't say that it's bad, but the law says right here, he shall not multiply wives for himself. If you think this is something, you see the next king, which is his son Solomon. I can't even believe it. I don't know how that works. So but his house is being built. Okay, we close it out in the next section here and uh, what are we in verse 17 Okay, what we have here are the Philistines attacking now. but never fear. God is really with them. Even a godly man like, like David, he just couldn't leave it alone, could he? One wife. Okay, here's the war. When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. Then David inquired of the Lord, that's key, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Shall I go after them? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your I think we catch the moral of the story there, don't we? So David came to Baal-perazim and defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore he named that place Baal-perazim. They abandoned their idols there, so David and his men carried them away. Now the Philistines came and they, they took them and they went and destroyed them. Yeah, they, I mean they had to abandon. They were, on the, okay,
2: well, they were leaving. They, yeah. That,
0: yeah, yeah. They, that's why I said that. Yeah, they destroy. Them. Oh, okay. Okay. Now the Philistines came up once. again, That was one time. They came up again and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim, same place. When David inquired of the Lord, same moat going here. He said, "You shall not go directly up. Circle around them." and come at them in the front of the balsam trees. It shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, and then you shall act promptly, for then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. Then David did so just as the Lord had commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. So uh, what you have here... The Philistines and Achish, they remember David. They know exactly who he is. Boy, do they know him. And David was actually a part of the Philistine army there for a little bit, wasn't he? What kind of a tree did you call it? Balsam. Mine says
2: mulberry.
0: Okay, well, it could be something like that. I don't know if it would be related to our mulberry trees. I know that, um, let's see, where does it say? It's in verse, uh, is that 24. Uh, the they said, I've got a note here, it's dealing with the leaves of the trees, of this kind of tree would rustle by just the slightest bit movement of the wind. And that would generate, you know, if you had a large army marching, maybe from a little bit of a distance, and the wind is stirring up, it's like when you hear that, and there's still a little bit of a distance away, you know that now it's time to act. As you are surrounding right them, and when you hear that coming through that kind of tree, so I don't know whether it be like a mulberry, uh, like what we would have today. The what I have is b a l s a m.
1: That's
0: what I have, and so but they could be related, or it could be the the same. Usually, that's something like that. Um. But we do know that their tree their leaves are, they would rustle very easily. And whenever there would be any kind of a breeze at all. So if you would have the soldiers marching, maybe you don't, maybe don't hear them marching out there. They're hearing, they're going to hear it off from a distance, way off. And just the least breeze hears, gets the leaves going. And so David knew from the very off there, so... Um, you know, the Philistines were on the offensive here, but David is ready. And and he knew full well that they were coming. And, uh, you know, David is consolidating the whole kingdom together now. He's got all the, the armies together. David is God's king, no doubt about it, right? And over the people of God. And he recognizes that, and he always calls on God. It's just as simple as that. Calling on God. God says yes. This time he told him a different story or how, how to do it. Don't go directly. Here's what I want you to do now this time. Could have done it that way, but God said, here, do it this way. So, you know, there, God's got his plan and, and throughout here and it makes David look like a great leader, and he is.
2: But guess what? This is how you become calendar. great.
0: God works yeah. through you, yeah. You listen to God, yeah. And that is how it works, isn't it? That's how it works. The The defeat of the Philistines, it's decisive both times. It was uh, Saul's task to deliver Israel from people like the Philistines. He didn't do it. He waited till they came to him, if you remember, and he tried to defend well, David was out after him too, and so it's King David who gave Israel relief
2: okay, from no, the Philistines
0: but and he battles and battles all all the time he's got thirty three more years here of this going yeah. on, basically. He yeah, from from Gibe to Giza. At least you got a pretty good area there. If you looked in your map, there. I mean, yeah. it's not that far, but it was enough to show that yeah, uh, you, you had a big, a triumphant victory there. I think you could say. Uh, from Jerusalem to
1: Giza
2: about
0: 20 miles. Yeah, you got from Geba to Giza. Yeah. yeah, and Gibe is north of Jerusalem. Giva goes west to Giza. It's a pretty good little distance. Not bad, you know, it's quite a few miles. I know
1: people who have trouble walking (laughs) two miles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These guys go for miles and miles chasing them now, don't they?
1: 22 miles (laughs) with sword and shield. Amen. wonder those people are tough. I know. They have cars. (laughs) They a little bit (laughs)
0: sandals. Well, would you say that this was a great start for the reign of King David? Yeah. Tremendous, isn't it? Yeah. To get Jerusalem and get that established is tremendous. And then to ward off and beat the Philistines there. Now, the Philistines know that they got their hands full. Israel is no longer wimps. They've got the great King David. And i got a feeling they're saying he's the greatest warrior ever.
2: As long as David doesn't
0: let that go to his head. Yeah, and sometimes that can happen, can't it? God is—it's uh, amazing. He keeps blessing even when we don't always do what is best. Did yeah, you
2: know the bottom line is David's still that little
0: shepherd
2: boy? Yep. <laughs> and he really is no great.
0: He needs to realize that a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. It's awfully easy to get taken away with something like that.
2: Well, because people are running around bowing down to Him and bowing and scraping and and sending Him
0: cedars and carpenters and stuff. At least He said there, the Lord is with Him. And as long as you keep doing that, saying, I've been blessed. and It's it's all God. It's all His grace. Just keep doing that, folks. Always remember, anything that comes along that looks really good, this is from the Lord at the same time.
2: Remember
0: who you are. Why, why me? <laughs> but remember, he really has some trials. That was trials right there, well, but in, up ahead is going to be something. If he
2: hadn't something. had those, well, I mean, he, he could have taken his eye off the ball quick if he hadn't had mm-hmm. those trials. Humble, humble.
0: Do they we go up and homework? down oh, yeah. a lot? Oh, yeah. Do you ever feel alone when you go up and down like this? And you say, well, my trial is different than everybody else it probably is. like everybody else
2: is doing, you know, they're
0: all... Everything's going else. great with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wait, just wait. <laughs> it might be for a while and say, great, I'm glad it is going good for them. Yeah. But because we know we all have the battles, and I think you look at David's battles, and it's it's tough. And there was a time when he would uh, get a little bit like that. And he would forget where he's supposed to be at. Yeah, so. Don't forget. Don't forget the Lord always. That's why these stories are written, aren't they? For our learning. We have an advantage over David. And we've been blessed way more than he has. Our modern houses have a lot more than his fantastic <laughs> palace had of gold David's and silver like and whatever like else, cars. the lumber and cedar. <laughs> right?
2: yeah, this right. is a picture of that
0: area. City of David on on that hill there, right? There's
2: still a lot like it was then. They're stacked.
0: Hasn't changed much. Everything, the houses are almost on top of each other, aren't they?
2: Except he said in there that he could see Bathsheba Bathing <laughs> <out of the laughs> yeah. Here's here's what yeah. the very easily. Well, and when you read this these stories <clears throat> and you see water. you can yeah. see it. You can see when when up? David yeah. was inquiring was of the Lord, the of boy, things yeah, were going so good, and cooler. then when he would but you know forget like, who he was and. Start looking at Bathsheba, and I didn't hear him inquire the Lord about that, <laughs>
0: And he was supposed to be out there in the time of war with his men, and he stayed there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think
2: yeah. yeah. you've you got to wonder why he did that. That's-